0: Hello everyone. I hope everyone's doing great. I don't know about where you guys are geographically in the world, but where I am, it is sweltering. It is so hot outside. Um, I'm definitely ready for fall and even winter at this point. Um, But anyway, uh, Jamie and I had so much fun recording this episode. Oh my gosh. We talk about cosmic education. Um, Cosmic education is one of the most important elements of the Montessori Elementary classroom. Uh, basically, you can't have a Montessori Elementary classroom experience without it. Um, it is it is the centerpiece. So we talk all about that. We touch on our own personal experiences, talk about the importance, talk about the elements of it. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. We could have talked forever about it because it's so something really, really important to both of us. So, yeah. So, um, in other news, um, I don't know if you guys have checked out our latest episode, um, before this one, it was an interview we had with Bondek Montessori and Charlotte Snyder. It's fantastic. And if you haven't followed them on Instagram or Twitter, please do. They are incredible. Um, it, I can't say enough good things about them and it's a really great episode. So go ahead and listen to that if you haven't yet. Um, and I just want to say thank you. Um, our downloads and our listenership has just been going up and i kind of feel in disbelief but i am so grateful to all of you who have been with us since the beginning those of you who just joined us um maybe those of you who have listened here and there but are sticking with it i am just i'm blown away by the support um and Jamie and I absolutely love making this podcast and it's not going anywhere. We have a lot of exciting things that are going to be new and upcoming. Um, and I don't want to share them quite yet because they're still in the works, but, um, this is really only the beginning of all things Montessori. We're, we're so excited. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode all about cosmic education. Hi Danny, how are you? I'm doing well, Reach. How are you? I'm I'm okay. I was telling you uh, right before we started recording. My little dog has been hurt and sick for the past week. Um, and if any of our listeners, if any of you guys own pets, uh, they are the most pitiful creatures when they are sick. Um I don't even know. They might even be more p- more pitiful than a sick child. I'm not sure. Um, it was like he was dying. So anyway, um, I've just been dealing with that. But other than that, I'm great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and you've been doing okay, Jamie?
1: Yeah, yeah. Still mostly mostly at home and uh, trying to be. Careful and thoughtful in all our interactions again these days, but uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and summer's here in full force in uh, the D.C. area. Oh, so
0: yeah, yep, yep. So oh my lots, gosh, it's
1: yeah,
0: lots of indoor. It's so time. hot. I was just gonna yeah. say it's so <laughs> hot. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those experiences where like. My, I get, I don't know if this happens to you, but like our air conditioning is on full blast. So I'll get freezing inside. And then I walk outside for maybe a minute and I'm already sweating because it's so hot. And then I just mm-hmm. run back inside. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a reminder of, why this is my least favorite season out here? But
0: uh, me too. Me with too. The heat. Everyone's always yep. Everyone's always like, I can't wait for summer. I'm like I'm good, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, heat and humidity,
1: yeah. and uh, we have lots of mosquitoes where I oh, live. Oh, so do we? So,
0: we, yeah. us too. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So fun yeah. times, and no real, no real vacation in sight since. Since we're still safer at home and that sort of thing. So here we are. But uh,
0: here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Um, But we are going to tackle um, an amazing topic today. Uh, We thought we'd uh, talk about a theory topic, um, which we don't normally do. Um, But this one is just it's one of my favorites. It's called Cosmic Education, which any Montessorians listening know what that is, but it's sort of a woo-woo thing. You know, it's sort of a strange, it's a strange word combination if you're not in the Montessori world. Wouldn't you think that, Jamie?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's usually (laughs) not one that I use the first time I'm introducing someone to Montessori because it does make you think of who knows crystals oh yeah
0: I don't know right it it sounds totally I remember I remember in a training we were doing um, a lecture on parent nights and I will never forget Jamie you said you were like yeah I really wouldn't call a parent night something with cosmic education that no one's going to come to that (laughs) I thought that was really funny Right.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, I think we'll, you know, we'll talk through why it's called that and the power of those words, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't translate well without context. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I, but it is really what Montessori's plan is for elementary children, like what she, what she thought was going to best serve their developmental needs. Uh, And it makes sense when we talk through it from that perspective, but if you just say cosmic education, it can be um, confusing to the to the general public.
0: It definitely is. Um, and, you know, it works. Her plan perfectly fits the elementary age group. Um, and cosmic education is extremely effective when implemented correctly. Um, so, Jamie, do you want to tell us what cosmic education is? Miss <laughs> Trainer? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's in short, it is the plan for children in, in uh, the elementary years that's really designed to support their characteristics. And, you know, we've talked about how elementary children want to know everything and they want to mm-hmm. they ask the questions why they um, they're interested in the interconnections between things. They're developing critical thinking skills um, they're thinking about who, you know they're thinking about what humans are capable of. So they love to hear stories of humans. So all you know all of the characteristics of elementary children um, make cosmic education the right response. And cosmic education really presents to the child. I mean, to the child that wants to know everything, Montessori said, well, let's just offer let's just offer that child the universe. And Mm -hmm. and that's what we do through, you know, what we call cosmic education. We offer to elementary children everything in the cosmos and and the way that we approach that allows children to learn all they want to learn the knowledge they want, but also helps them to see, you know, the some really important themes within the universe, the 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 idea that um, everything in nature and, you know, throughout the universe is working together to maintain, you know, to follow their laws and maintain a certain balance and harmony uh, and that there's Mm -hmm. an interconnectedness to that. Um, And I think another big theme that comes through in the way we approach bringing this knowledge to children is a a theme of gratitude you know that we're really grateful to the humans who have come before us to all things in the universe that are doing what they do to um, make this place uh, a place where we can all live and work together Um, Mm so you know so we're like It's interesting when we think about what we need to do for elementary children because we have to sow all these seeds. We have to give them so much knowledge, but we also have to do it in a way that, like, sparks their imagination and their interest and allows them a lot of independent activity and exploration in that work. And the way that we offer cosmic education to children really allows for all of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you we do offer them the universe but we have to offer it the right way that makes sense for each individual child right i mean we can't just plop it down for them and say okay here you go learn whatever you want to learn like that's never going to work um but yeah my favorite component i think of cosmic education is the harmony aspect that you were you were talking about uh looking at connections between subjects um connecting um, English and math and music and then maybe biology and and seeing, seeing you know, why those things are connected. Um, and it just creates this really big picture for the elementary child. And it's really exciting to think about those sorts of things. Um, and I think one way that um, simple thing that as a Montessori guide um, we do in the classroom is we present different Topics and subjects throughout the day., um, so it looks a little bit differently than, well, it looks a lot different than a traditional environment where perhaps there's one subject on one day and then the next subject the next day, or you always have science at nine thirty in the morning on Thursday or, or something like that. Um, there is um, in the Montessori classroom, a child should be getting a lesson on different things throughout the day and then also working with different things throughout the day um, i think you should look around at your classroom and see all different sorts of materials out um, and when the children are working on those different subjects throughout the day that's how they'll begin to find connections uh, between between them too Um, and just like you were saying, Jamie, the spark of that imagination and creativity. I mean, if you do the same thing over and over again, that's a pretty quick way to dull someone's excitement. Um, but switching it up and changing it up. Um, oh yeah. I mean, that's human brains. That's, that's, that's just a foolproof way. Uh, most of the time, you know, they'll be excited about just like different, different things. Right. Um, Right. Well, and I
1: think... The amazing thing about what we have to offer children of this age is, you know, we really are trying to offer everything in the universe that's of interest. And so when we go through training, we get um, a good, solid body of presentations that have been shown to, you know, ignite children's interest and be exciting and and provide uh, some avenues for exploration and for for gaining the knowledge they need. Um, But it's certainly not the end of what we do with children or the only things we do with children. And that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges most adults have and most trained Montessori teachers have is how Mm. to take what we do with children, this approach to helping elementary children uh, self-construct And how do we stop ourselves from turning that into a curriculum that we just impose on the children? Right. Um, Because it's all too easy to take this, you know, the contents of the albums that, that teachers create in their training and turn it into a checklist that is imposed on the children. And, and we, you know, we just push them through a curriculum. And if we do that, Uh, we might as well just work in mainstream education um, because that's not what we're supposed to be doing with cosmic education. We're not supposed to be dosing it out like a curriculum. It's a tool to support children's self-construction. It's some content that we can offer when we see it's what a child needs. It's not a list that we have to take children through step-by-step
0: it is so easy to get in that trap. I remember one, one month or I can't remember which year of teaching it was, but I was feeling a lot of pressure from, I felt like everybody, um, myself and from parents and the community um, to basically, you know, have the children be working more. That's kind of what it what it was. and And I had a young class at the time. And so I thought, okay, so they need to be more productive, apparently, or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't remember the details of it, but I printed out my table of contents and I brought them with me and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go through the list and I'm just going to do a lot of lessons. And pretty quickly I realized, oh, these children are not interested in anything that I'm doing because I wasn't observing what they needed at all. I was just responding to the pressure I felt from, you know, everyone around me um and i needed to get results and i thought that was how i was going to get them uh and it was a really big learning lesson for me um and i didn't do it again um and i really i remember i sat back and i focused on my individual meetings with the children and i focused on observing and then started crafting my lesson planning that way which i had been doing in the beginning but i had just convinced myself that that wasn't working um, it's, it's so
1: easy to like fall into so that. It's so easy.
0: Oh, my because,
1: God. Because we think that if if we present a certain amount of content and we, you know, perhaps, you know, require a child to produce some content on that, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of product, that, um, that that means that they've learned. Um, yeah. And it doesn't. I mean I know that all of us can think back to some sort of learning experience we've had in the past where we were able to um you know we were able to sort of get through a class or a unit or something without actually having to learn really truly learn the content right yeah. we just managed to get by and mm-hmm. The difference of, you know, with cosmic education and the way that we approach children is that we're paying such careful attention to where their interests lie or how we could get them excited about a topic. Mm -hmm. And then we're leaving them to do that learning and exploration on their own, you know, periodically reengaging with them and and providing some more depth or some increasing challenge or, you know, a new way of thinking about it that allows children to sort of uh, move away from concrete materials as they are ready. So it's not that we just leave them to explore without any support, but we aren't We aren't looking at it and saying, well, by, you know, next Thursday, everybody needs to have gotten to this point in the curriculum and we'll move on, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. which is increasingly what a lot of school districts do. You know, the school district that my kids have gone through here uh, does have certain classes where everybody in the county has to be on the same page of the curriculum on the same day. Um, Mm. And we Can fall into doing something similar even calling it individualized you know that we that we're still allowing the curriculum to drive our our approach to the children rather than allowing the child to be the focus and the center so as amazing as all the content of our albums is and it's amazing it's it is amazing it's simply a tool it's just yeah. a tool, and if you didn't have all of those albums, you can still approach elementary children in a Montessori way to support their development. Uh, right. It just gives you a lot to draw from, and of course there's tons more tons more to to do. So it's a great tool, <laughs> but the <Yes>. approach <laughs> is what's really at the center, and that approach is really cosmic education with elementary children is really where we say, okay, you know, we're going to present the whole cosmos to you, but we'll do it with an overarching framework. And that's our, our great stories. Um, mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. the story of the formation of the universe, and then the coming of life, and then the coming of humans. And then we explore two great inventions of humanity, um, the alphabet and uh, our numerals. So those sort of help children to orient to all of the knowledge within the cosmos. And then every other sort of key that we offer children, every other lesson we offer them can be can be hung back within one of those, those great stories so that children can sort of orient to the whole universe, to life within the universe, to humanity, and to some of the Uh, humanity's great inventions. And then um, everything we do with them, yeah, we'll relate back to that and help them sort of organize the knowledge so that as they're learning absolutely everything they want to learn, they have a place to sort of classify it and keep it organized.
0: And with those great stories, they're super excited about it. You know, those Mm -hmm. great stories are incredible. It is like, it's such a sense of wonder and excitement and oh my goodness they're just they just eat it up um and you know there's always that piece of gratitude at the end of those great stories we thank those that came before us and i think that's a really important piece for the children um you know this stuff didn't just happen like writing didn't just occur you know like people had to i mean it took a lot of work it took a lot of time um and and the and we might we don't we don't know by name who, you know, said the first word or who wrote down the first word or, you know, came up with the first number system, you know, with early humans, but um it's just so great to have the children, you know, get that really big picture, get really excited about it and want to know more. And I think that's definitively one of the biggest differences between Montessori and traditional education and I mean, I'm a child of traditional education and I had amazing teachers and I turned out beautifully. I'm fine, right? But Montessori education, the children are just so eager to learn, so eager because this education is for them, right? It's, It's catering to them in a way that traditional education just doesn't because, you know, traditional education is kind of in a box, you know, like we have to do this, we have to do that. There's not a lot of freedom, which to, which is frustrating, I know, for a lot of traditional school teachers. Um, but Montessori has the opportunity to look at each child and think, okay, who, what's going to excite them today, right? And how amazing does that is that kid going to feel, right? They're going to be ex- so excited because it's like we looked into their brain and said, <laughs> you know, that I know you've been looking at this material. Let me give you a lesson on it. That's just so exciting to them. So I just think that excitement piece and that love of learning is so crucial to the Montessori classroom. And a big part of it is cosmic education and starting it this way um, with yes. the great stories. It's so important. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I remember being pretty nervous to tell the great stories because <laughs> um, they're really long and you you need to know them. You know, you don't want to be reading from your notes. Your notes can be nearby but you don't want to be reading from them because it's a story, right? Um, but in my experience, I just, I really got into them uh, and the kids just loved them. So, so fun. They do.
1: They love them so every fun. year and they really just help to keep some of those, those main ideas in place about how we're how we're exploring the universe, and mm-hmm. uh, children will hear them hear different things every year that they're told. So it's important yeah. to tell them every year because they'll pick up on different things or they'll be more interested. And as as you know, if you have a nine to twelve class, you can you can go into you know a little bit greater detail on some things, or you can you mm-hmm. can um, modify the stories a bit um, as well. But I think. They're a great sort of uh, foundation for for thinking about knowledge in the universe, and then and then they give us a place to say, oh, look, there's an interest in this, or there's an interest in that, and this is the direction mm-hmm. we can go with children. Mm-hmm. I, it's I've been asked recently, you know, to give the scope and sequence uh, of Montessori curriculum. And Mm. it's so interesting to think the scope certainly is easy to approach because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have our tables of contents. We can see, you know, everything we have to offer. It's all of that plus anything else that the children want to explore. But sequence is harder for the 6 to 12. Um, Oh, yeah. There's not a... There's not a strict sequence uh, for the ch- for children's experience through the through all that we have to offer them um,
0: there. Yeah, there's not <laughs> there isn't. I mean, I, mean, there's I wish lo- there was right. <laughs> right. It would <laughs> make easier. life
1: much easier for the <laughs> it adult. It
0: sure would. It sure would.
1: Um, but it's not a strict sequence. You know, there's certainly logical things, you know knowledge children need to have before they can do something else. I mean, there's certain logical places where those things happen, but it's not that you look and say, okay, the first experience every child is going to have in the classroom is this, and then we'll do right. this exact thing next. Mm-hmm. Um, it There's maybe 10 or 15 things you could consider for a brand new child in your classroom or 30. I mean, there's any number of avenues uh, to explore. And that's uh, sometimes really challenging for the adults who are, are supposed to be, are supposed to be doing the work, right? That it is, like we said, uh-huh. it is easier to think, okay, I just start here and then I just keep going. And it's very yep. straightforward.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, No. And I mean, I think that is the beauty of the Montessori classroom. I think it's a gift that we are able to do that. But I also think it's the one of the hardest things uh, because there are all these different ways to introduce a lot of different things. And especially in lower elementary, when you're getting them started, I feel like it's just endless almost. Um, And it can be pretty overwhelming. Um, But, you know, a lot a lot of times with the six year olds, just short fun lessons to get them excited. Um and as they keep going through the through, you know, through different subjects, you're going to see what what avenue they're going to take, right? It just takes a few takes a few weeks. Um, you know, I think one of my most I don't know, I think math is fascinating when you first start it um because there's all these different ways to introduce these concepts. Um and you really see which which children, you know, which ones they gravitate towards. Um, and it's just it's so funny how different children are. And I think Montessori, I think we're lucky that we can help these children learn in the ways that make sense to them, um, instead of sort of a one size fits all approach. Right. Um, because right. children learn in different ways. Everybody learns in different ways, right? There, you know, and um I think I think Montessori children. I'm jealous of, you know, the students I've had <laughs> because I wish I could have learned that way.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, it. it is such an individualized approach mm-hmm. because we're paying attention to them. We don't have a strict sequence that we have to take children through. You know, within everything we have to offer, we generally, within cosmic education, start with uh, more concrete and go to uh, more abstract, or we start with the whole of an idea, the complete Mm -hmm. sort of picture, big picture, and then we go to details and then back to the big picture. So the, you know, but within, so there's a sort of general sequence with that, but as you know, and I think we've talked about this before, When we approach the child, we're going to start with, you know, introductory concepts and then move them to to a deeper understanding through more presentations. But that means that as a child is um, newer to their experience in the elementary and younger, usually we start with more introductory concepts on everything. And then we layer in more. So it's not that we just say, okay, we're doing fractions now, and we'll never do fractions again. It's that we introduce fractions when they're six, and then we go deeper and deeper until they have grasped all the knowledge they need, whether that takes three weeks or three years. And Mm -hmm. this is something that I think is something we have to wrestle with when we implement cosmic education, because it can be all too tempting to fall back on, on just, well, I'm going to check off that I've done everything in fractions, whether, you know, maybe a child might be more interested in, you know, equivalence or something else right then, but no, you know, so we have to, um, we have to constantly check ourselves on that, um, And make sure that we are not getting stuck in an idea of, you know, presenting a linear curriculum. It's not a linear curriculum that we have. I mean, it's not a curriculum. But even if you decide to call it that, it's not linear. Um, Mm -hmm. And another big part of it is um, going out. We don't have just what we have to offer them. The children are going to learn from their own experience and from getting out of the classroom.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, you're you're saying when we're both saying, you know, we're offering them the universe, the universe is not contained anywhere, but it's definitely not contained only in the classroom, you know, so getting out, getting those experiences, it's just going to add to what they're learning in the classroom. And they get that real life, practical problem solving, you know, in the moment experience. It's, it's so worth it. Going out is, is really detailed and hard to get going sometimes, specifically when they're young, but it is so worth it. And it's a huge component of cosmic education. You can't really do it without it.
1: No, you're not. I mean, if you're not going out, you're not fully, fully implementing the plan for elementary children. So it is a, it really is a key component. Um, And then, you know, it is just helping children develop that love of the, of every, of all knowledge, you know, and Mm -hmm. we do that as adults, you know, we do that through our excitement and our passion and how we tell our stories, how we, um, display the information we have to share whether it's through you know some charts or whether it's through demonstrations that we show the children but there's all these ways and techniques we use to really ignite children's interest and get them engaged and excited about about what we have to share with them
0: yeah and i mean the techniques that we use i mean I'll just pick like storytelling. I mean, there are intro stories for many lessons. I would say the majority of them have some sort of story element. um, And that really appeals to the elementary age child. Um, Mm -hmm. That storytelling, that sense of, have you ever thought about this? Or, you know, anything like that. I mean, that I think... um, one, I know it it really sparks their interest. And I think it's also um, it's like a comforting thing for them. You know, math or biology, I mean, it's not as scary when we're telling a fun story in the beginning. You know, it's it's really exciting instead of intimidating. Um yeah. so that's really great. Um, and I would say too, you know, just thinking about, you know, we're talking about cosmic education and how beautiful it is. And it is, it's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. But I think one of the biggest parts of it to remember, and I had to work on this a lot, is patience because it does not just happen. Um, It takes a lot of work on the guide. It takes a lot of time to step back and observe and keep going and not, you know, give up. Um, You know, that, that story I was telling earlier about me getting my table of contents, you know, that I was just really struggling with being patient. I was Mm -hmm. feeling a lot of pressure and I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And it was a really, you know, eye opening experience. And I know as teachers, it's it's hard because you just want to see those results. You just want to see them. You know, you just want to see that all your hard work is paying off. And we don't do a lot of take home paper work, especially in the beginning. And so sometimes it's like, are they learning anything? (laughs) Um, But just trusting it because you do see the results. You're just yeah. you're just going to have to you're just going to have to wait. And also that's really hard for the parents too. Um so just continuing to support the parents and continuing to educate them as best you can on why we do what we do is so important because they're also you're they're feeling like you. They're like is my child okay? Are they learning anything? Do they know their math facts? Can they read? Can they write? All that stuff. Um which is important, of course. Um, Right. But we'll
1: stay like we stay in conversation with parents and we stay in relationship with children. And it's through that relationship that we can really effectively assess sort of where they are and also Mm -hmm. be, you know, can afford us some of the some of the patience that we need. So it's not that we aren't going to have children learn the skills they need to learn. And if, you know, if you're noticing there's a significant delay, you know, we don't want to we don't want to ignore that, but we also want to recognize that like, that we, um, we do have a three-year cycle and we do at least if not a six-year cycle, you know, we do have time with children and we have so many things we can offer that maybe wouldn't traditionally be offered at different ages that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, we can afford a little bit of, um, flexibility in some of the timing of, of acquisition of certain skills. Um, and I was realizing too, Rachel, was we've talked about some of the themes in cosmic education of interconnectedness and balance and harmony. One other important thing that comes out in cosmic education too is this idea of how everything in the universe is fulfilling what Montessori called their cosmic task. Like they're doing yeah. something that serves right. the good of the of the universe and and right. and what we do one important thing through the way that we bring knowledge about everything in the universe to elementary children is that we get them to start thinking about their own cosmic task, their own contribution to the good of the of everything in the universe. And one thing we help the children to understand is that You know, humans don't just follow their laws set forth by nature like other things in the universe do, you know, that are following the natural laws. Humans have a consciousness about how they choose to do things. And that with that comes a responsibility. And Mm -hmm. so humans have this ability to, you know, use the natural world to meet their needs. And, um and to change things in the natural world uh, and build things on top of it. And with that comes a responsibility. And hopefully by the time a child has left the elementary, they're really thinking about, well, what's my role in the universe, in humanity? How can I offer something to the good of the, of all of, you know, all of humanity? And it was as Montessori worked, through her ideas about cosmic education and worked with children, she really saw that beyond, you know, being an optimal education for children ages 6 to 12, it also allows children to think about these bigger issues that hopefully will turn them, you know, as they mature into adulthood, they will be adults who want to work for the good of the world, that want to work collaboratively, that want to work for peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so cosmic education is, you know absolutely the best way to support self-construction in from ages six to 12. But it also is this broader hope for peace in the world, that if children are educated this way, if children learn this way, they actually will become adults who want to work collaboratively and productively together for a more peaceful world.
0: Yeah, and that's the, that's the big, that's the whole point. Right, like that's the whole point of it. I mean, obviously the point is, you're right. We're teaching, we're guiding children through academics uh, for the elementary age child. But yeah, that is, that's the main, that's, that's what it's all about. Um, and it really, I think that, um, that thinking about their own cosmic task really feeds into adolescence, right? I mean, I don't know a lot about adolescence, but that, um, I think that's a big component of the third plane, right? Isn't it about community and that sort of thing? Yeah.
1: They really are thinking about who they are in the broader community, you know, and, and we all can kind of remember that, right? How do I fit in and how can Uh I contribute? Um, right. And that's, and that's where cosmic education is really supporting children to think, you know, to really emerge at age 12 or so thinking about those questions and having a strong foundation to support, to support that questioning. Um, so it's really big work that we do with children mm-hmm. when we do cosmic education. Like there's all this content knowledge and and managing it as children are all in different places at different times. And then it's also this broader sort of um, this broader sort of hope for for world peace that we're supporting through helping children to engage in this way and think critically and and be thoughtful about. Uh, their role and ever and you know humanity's role in the universe. It, it's a it's a really profound work that we undertake each day. Yeah. You know, so much more. I mean, it encompasses math facts and reading, but it's also so <laughs> right, much, so much more.
0: So be sure to remind yourself of that. Maybe when you're you're feeling a little like you, you know, it's not maybe it's not going the way you had envisioned, or or perhaps y- you made a checklist or, or something like that. It's good to step back and think about why we're doing this um, and what it what it means to that child, what it's going to mean to the world. Um it's a good, it's a really good reminder. Um and it's it's sort of an opportunity to maybe take a step back. Um, because it's easy to just get in get in the thick of all the little minutiae, the little details. Um, But when you step back and think about that education for peace component, man, it just it really I mean, I'm I'm blown away by Montessori again and again. But this specific piece uh, means so much to me as an educator. And I think um, I love that that's that's the whole message. And um, if we need a more peaceful world, um, I think now is, you know, (laughs) a really great time for that um, because. Things are crazy right now. but um,
1: Well, yeah. and I think, too, as just like a little bit, you know, that really speaks to the current times that we're living in right now, as schools are thinking about what they're going to do for the fall or how they're going to, you know, do a hybrid distance in person or whatever is going to happen, Uh, There's still a lot of uncertainty. And one of the key things in whatever plan schools are putting in place needs to be don't don't focus on curriculum. Focus on these broader themes of supporting self-construction. How do we help children maintain their curiosity and their excitement? How do we support the second plane characteristics when they're not with us every moment of the day? And right. then think how our content can help you do that with children, but but I it's understandable. But I see so many schools and teachers thinking about how do I get the curriculum out right. uh, when through distance learning, and instead think about these broader developmental needs, and then think how our content can serve that. Um, uh, because I just think it will be all too easy to fall back on curriculum, and then we'll have children that have, you know, lost some of their independence in this process. And we want to really support independence and and support their developmental characteristics, and then we can bring in some of the content knowledge that we have to support that.
0: That's right. Well, I mean, I this has been so fun to talk about cosmic education. I I love it. Um, And I hope it's been, um, you know, a refresher and maybe, you know, uh, just a reminder um, about the beauty of it and what's really the crux of the elementary classroom. Uh, It's not the curriculum, right? Um, it's, it's It's the whole picture. It's what's my cosmic task. It's the gratitude, the harmony, the connectedness, education for peace.